Master Tavern Keepers, History of the Old World. Right then, I've just got one more, and I think we'd better get back to the Master Tavern Keeper's story about Sultan Jafar's conquest of Araby. Oh, yeah, 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 but uh, one more first, Soy. I am sure I will guess this one correctly. Shoot. Right, you are then. What hangs at a man's thigh, ever eager to poke the hole that it has so often poked before? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I think I know this one. It's a key, Heinrich. It's a key. Oh, oh, of course. Ach, but uh, no more riddles, methinks. Septimus, why don't you continue with your, uh, your telling, eh? Finally. Well, let us get to it then. Off the western coast of Araby are the four islands that make up what is called the Sorcerer's Islands. They were, and now once again are, a haven and place of training for the most powerful and promising Arabian magicians, known as Fakirs in Arabic. Now, the tradition of studying the magical arts in Araby goes back to its earliest days, when the High Elves still maintained outposts there, the most important of which we now call the cities of Lashik and Kofa. The way of magic was originally taught by the elves to the uh, men of Araby, unlike the men of the old world, who were left to uh, fumble about in the dark, at least until the uh, coming of Caden the Shackler. In those halcyon days, the magicians of Araby studied all of the colours of magic. But after the return of the elves to Ulthwan after the War of the Beard and the abandonment of their outposts in the Old World, the human fakirs became more and more focused on a single discipline of magic at the expense of the others, it has to be said. But in this way, they came to master the niche aspect of colour magic known as elementalism. Ach, really? But why that? Ah, well, and I'm no expert, but my friend, Calhordis Whitemane, told me it was because the ancient Arabians desired more and more powerful magics after the elves have left. But unlike in the north here, the winds of magic do not blow so hard in Araby. Thus, in order to access greater power, they turned to channeling the magic of the elements about them. Now, just to uh, reiterate, elementalism, as you could probably guess by the name, is based around the four primary elements. Earth, wind, 
fire and water. And it was in following this path that the men of Araby also learned how to capture and control the most powerful elementals of all, the jinn. Ah, well, we talked all about the elementals and the jinn earlier, didn't we? So, uh, no need to, uh, retread old ground. But you've, uh, you've piqued my interest. What are these islands of the Arabian sorcerers like, then? Well, the sorcerers' islands are actually made up of four separate isles. The main island facing the great ocean is known as Al-Wahid, at least to the uh, Tuareg, which means the first. Its three sister islands are called Al-Itnan, which means the second, Al-Talata, which means the third, and Alaba, which means the fourth. Oh, yeah, so uh, what goes on on these uh, different islands then, Master Tavernkeeper? Well, upon Al-Wahid, the ancient Arabian mages built upon the structures that the elves had left behind and raised up a huge tower fortress. Upon the other three islands are sites and structures used in the training of students, but uh, nothing as impressive as the central tower exists on any of the other islands. Each island actually focuses on teaching just one aspect of elemental magic. On Alab, the smallest, they study the magic and blessings of the earth. And I've heard tell that the sorcerers who specialize in this can transform their skin to be as hard as rock, as well as learning to uh, master the various desert spirits of Araby. On Altalata, they pursue studies centered on the element of water. And I've heard tell that these magic workers can invoke the element to cause moisture to rise up from the very rock and sand itself and turn any piece of ground into stifling quicksand. On Alignan, they study the element of fire and how to harness the power of the sun. It is said that certain fakirs of Alignan are able to cause blinding beams of burning energy to leap from their eyes and cut down all who stand before them, whilst others can invoke the element and cause one of their hands to become burning white hot, with which they can then smite their enemies. Upon the main island of Al-Wahid, they study the element of air and sky. These sorcerers can ride the wind, flying hither and thither about a battlefield, and conjuring up sandstorms to engulf their foes. The central tower, too, stands on this isle, as I said, and it is here that supplicants that have completed the study of each of the four elements can learn magics that transcend them all. Such things as the uh, mastery of the mirage, whereby a sorcerer can create the illusion of a huge host of terrible warriors to send the enemy into rout, or summon up an arcane bolt, breaching the very fabric of reality itself, and then calling down a bolt of pure magical energy, atomizing the chosen target. It is also in the main tower that practitioners learn how to locate and trap jinn, as well as how to channel the immense power of such beings through their own body 
to lay mortal curses upon those that stand against them. And lastly, it is in this main tower that they also learn how to use the numerous magical artifacts that generations of Arabian sorcerers have collected over the long history of the Order. Oh, yeah, yeah, my grandpapa told me that his uh, comrade, Marco Colombo, managed to retrieve and hand over a number of ancient magical treasures to the master of the Sorcerer's Islands, and was richly rewarded for these. Ah, I can't deny that I've done a bit of that kind of work myself, too. The rewards are great, but so are the dangers. Oh, anyway, just to finish things off, I just remembered something else. On Al-Wahid, they also learn the art of binding the jinn of the air into flying magical carpets. But of course, this is a topic and process we covered a little earlier, so uh, no need to uh, retread that ground, as you said, uh, Master Alchemist. Oh, that's right. But uh, anyhow, from what you've said there, Septimus, I think uh, I think I quite like the sound of this place. It reminds me of my old Druidic seminary back in Albion. Ah, yes, I can see that. And from what you've uh, said to me before, it does seem like they uh, parallel each other quite closely. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, Master Tavernkeeper... From what you said earlier, it seems that uh, Jafar intended to neutralize the threat posed by these uh, these sorcerers. Was he mad? What could he, one sorcerer, do against a whole order of Arabian sorcerers, even with an army and navy and a few jinn of his own? Ah, well, Heinrich, yes, I see your point. It was uh, certainly not going to be any easy task, but he was not going in blind. Jafar knew the place well, for he too had studied there. And after, he had actually created his own cabal of sorcerers, so he was not alone. These included mystics from the southern deserts, as well as the uh, flamboyant and wealthy magicians from the court of Lashik, whom he had either entranced with his magic or ensnared with his silver tongue. So, uh, well, he knew what he was doing, and he knew what he was getting himself into. Oh, now, you've not mentioned these uh, southern mystics before. What can you tell us about them? Ah, well, many of these uh, feral fakirs had actually been with Jafar from the start. They were the mystics of the nomadic desert tribes from the region Jafar himself hailed from. Now, these differ from the sorcerers on the Sorcerer's Islands, and uh, also those that uh, live in the cities, in that they are more akin to shamans and important, nay, intrinsic parts of their tribes. It is they who steer the destiny of their fellows. And it is today that Jafar first came after he'd uh, been exiled from the Sorcerer's Islands. Oh, what? Jafar was exiled from the uh, Sorcerer's Islands. Indeed. I do not know the specifics, but it appears that although he was an outstanding learner, gifted with prodigious power, he delved too deep into dark magic and uncovered things that should not have been peered at. When his mystical tutors learned of his experiments, 
he was stripped of all his credentials. His name was blackened and he was exiled. As I'm sure you can imagine, he was thirsty for revenge. After this, he began building up his own cabal from amongst the uh, shamans of the desert tribes near his home. And it is actually they who persuaded the sheiks to lead their tribes to the banner of Jafar. Anyway, back to the period just after the humbling of the sheik. After securing his alliance with the Silver Princess, he bade her send her spies into Kofa to assess their current strengths and weaknesses. He was a, a careful planner, at least in these early years. This she did, but it would take time. In the interim, Jafar was not to be idle, and his plans and preparations to take the Sorcerer's Islands were already in full swing. It is now that another figure important for both this plan as well as all his future endeavours now rose to prominence. Tell me, is the name General Mehmed Bey of Lashik known to any of you? Ah, oh, certainly it's the Black Lizard himself, eh? In Australia, parents would scare their children to go to bed by telling them that the Black Lizard would gobble them up if they didn't. Ah, yes, I can imagine that. Well, his reputation is well deserved. Anyway, it was now he that Jafar raised to be first amongst his generals and joined the sorcerer in the subjugation of the Sorcerer's Islands.